Hello, and welcome to the Think to Win podcast. Yet again, I'm here today with Sam Lucy and Art Wong. Hi, guys. How are we doing? Doing well. Okay. Glad to have you here today. It's just going to be a quick episode. We're all busy today, so we're going to just squeeze in something quick. Sam, you were on the Office Hours show with David Meltzer. Did you have a good experience on that? Yes, I enjoyed it, actually. Yeah, it was it was really good. It was interesting to listen to you. So I'm just going to play a little clip that we have of just some of the highlights from that, and then let's just talk about it, and then we'll be done for the day. Sound good? Okay. All right. I'm going to play it now. You could give us a little bit of an overview for the people that aren't aware of Think More, React Less. I'd like to start by explaining function and dysfunction, okay? Dysfunction to me is when your emotions and your intellect is not working together. And function is when they do. When your emotions and intellect are working together, then you can think, you can make choice, you can make intelligent decisions. When they're not, you're going to react and almost always you're going to put yourself at a disadvantage. That's probably the best way I could use it to, to explain it. What is, causes us to be functional and dysfunctional? See, the way it works, when you set a goal, and we're, we're basically talking about business here, I think, or life. When you set a goal, your subconscious mind, as Napoleon Hill said, it will deliver. But the first thing it does when it delivers, it has to clear out every impediment that you have. Everything that you have that won't allow it to work, it has to come up so you can get rid of it. How are you organizing them, their thinking, so that there is alignment with what it is that you're envisioning and how they see their participation in it? So all of my effort went to salespeople. Then about two or three years ago, I started to realize, hey, wait a minute. This isn't just for salespeople. This is for everybody. So I have a management team, and uh, I, I don't get involved in the day-to-day of my business anymore. I get more like an overview, you know. But um, I'm in the process of going back and cleaning up the past. So how do I get them to work together? Okay, I have come to the realization that they need, my management team needs the same training as my salespeople. So two days ago, I hired one of my first full-time trainer, and I don't have the time to do it. So I hired a full-time trainer. I'm going to train the trainer, and I'm, I, he's going to train my salespeople and my management team. See, to get people on the same page, they have to get rid of their opinions or beliefs. You know, I mean, if you have an opinion and it's put, and it's causing you to do what you do, and it will, if it's counterproductive to what the team's trying to do, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, if you're a gentleman or a lady, you're polite about it, but it's still there and it's still getting in the way. So what I want to do with my management team is take them through the same training. Cool. That's it. So Sam, kind of talk a little bit. I think it's interesting that, you know, salespeople and management or, you know, probably even every other aspect of a company or a business or, you know, whatever it may be can use the same training. Everybody needs the same training. You know, I, my business is on steroids. From what I've done with the sales team and marketing, you know, it's growing so fast, it's, it's hard to keep up with it. So I'm going back in my business and looking at every, the, the facets, um, what I'll call fulfillment. When you sell something and you, in my business, you have to fulfill it. Fulfillment is not buying it from here and sending it to there. Fulfillment is create what you physically create what you have created on paper for people. We're in the remodeling business, kitchens and baths and that business. And, uh, you know, I take logistics, you know, I got a truck that runs uh, from north, the north side of Pittsburgh to the south side of Pittsburgh, you know, and then back to the north side again, instead of thinking about, you know, a day ahead, 
where am I going to be? Where, what do I have to do? I have to pick something up here. I have to drop something off there. Uh, it's just an example. I mean, how much money I lose by someone not really thinking about that. That one, That's just one little piece. Mm-hmm. And I, if I magnify that over the course of my business, I mean, it, it, you know, they, they think, they do a lot of thinking I would be in business since the business is profitable now, but how much more profitable would it be if people would think even more? So the training is for everyone. And we don't realize what drives our behavior. Our opinions drive our behavior first. And uh, that's the way it is. So when you're trying to organize a company or a part of a company, you know, that the people that don't even understand what I'm talking about, they deal with that every day. If you have a large corporation, you just pass your costs through. I have to pay, uh, I'm paying 200 and some dollars a month for my cell phone. Okay, uh, you know, 200 and some dollars a month at home for internet and a little bit of services. You know, they just keep passing it through. My electric is the same way. My natural gas is the same way. If I want to buy something, a car, you just pass it through. When you're a small company, you can't pass it through because you have competition, which is wonderful. Competition is great because it causes, forces you to improve. But there's no, there's no natural force pushing corporations to improve anymore. And, and no one really understands the, what this dysfunction that I talk about causes. You know, we think of dysfunctional people as people that can't pay their rent, you know, they're on welfare, or they're, you know, on drugs, or they're, you know, they're not uh, responsible in society. That's, not, that's obvious. What I'm talking about is the, is the dysfunction that all of us productive people are experiencing don't realize w- what's happening and how much better we could do if we did and we started to take control of it. And my business is an example. I mean, you know, we're we're going to be up 40% in two years, maybe 50, literally 50% in two years. Uh, why? Because we're thinking more and reacting less. And I'm trying to take it through throughout the whole company. I mean, it's it's a way of life to start to make the transition. You know, I, I had a management meeting this morning before I came here. Uh, you know, we, we had we had to make some mid-course corrections because of because of the growth, because of the supply chain issues. You know, the, the answers flowed out of seven or eight people in 15 minutes. Not, what well, you got to do this? We should, no, no. You know, it was just common sense and, and easy and normal. And it didn't used to be that way. Everybody was going to fight for their own silly little opinions. We don't do that anymore. We do have a mastermind alliance forming in our company and our in our management team, which is very good. But you know, I, I just can't I just can't emphasize enough. You can't even imagine what I'm talking about and the benefit until you start to work with it and see it happen in your own life. Yeah. So that's uh, basically what I would like to say about function and dysfunction. All right. What about you? You're you know in management and you've been in management your whole career. What kind of you know, benefits does thinking more and reacting less. I'm an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is a special type of person. Not not that I'm better, but special, different. Entrepreneurs love to work with something that they don't understand and try to make something out of it. They like to solve problems that they understand and they actually create problems so they can solve them when they're dysfunctional. That's what I used to do more of in my earlier years. Uh, So how has it changed me? Well, when you when you're an entrepreneur, you know I had so many limiting opinions, beliefs that were 
causing me to to take the, a lot of great ideas that I have and just kill them because I, because of that. Now, I think the main reason my business is growing is I'm getting out of the way. So I uh, I don't let opinions run my business anymore. I don't. I mean, literally, I do not let opinions run my business. I ask people, can you help me? Uh, do you have, I, I have a, one of my man, managers is a project manager and I asked him this morning, I said, David, I said, can you, can you think what we ought to do here? And he, he's a very conservative type, compliant type guy. And he, he smiled, a little, little smile. And finally he, he made a comment and I, and I said, I think that's perfect. I said, I think what you just said is perfect. So how did that happen? Because he doesn't feel threatened. See, if he, would, if he felt threatened, he wouldn't have put his idea on the table. That's the kind of difference. So I'm a dominant person. I'm an entrepreneur. I used to intimidate people. I used to scare people. They didn't want to share with me. Now they do because I don't do that anymore. Why don't I do that anymore? Because I don't have anything to prove anymore. I used to have to prove that I was okay. So I was dominant and I had a big mouth and, you know, I'll show you. I don't do that. I don't need to do that anymore. So the biggest change in my company definitely is me. And then I'm trying to bring everybody along with me, if, if that makes sense to you. Yeah. Art, what about you? You know, like I said, you've been in management and been in, you know, leadership roles like that for a long time. And how has, you know, this stuff changed the way that you look at things? Um, I'd say that no matter what the scale is, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're running a small organization or you're running a huge organization, the dysfunction uh, almost, it, it tends to multiply the bigger you are. It goes throughout the organization. In fact, uh, there's so much dysfunction that a lot of people just give up in larger organizations. And Sam's right. There's a lot of inertia in a lot of uh, companies that uh, people feel like no matter what they do, they can't get ahead. And uh, a lot of that comes right from the top. And so that this idea of thinking more, reacting less is very practical. And it, it manifests itself from the smallest details in the company, in the interactions of people, but the decision-making processes from the top down and from the bottom up. Hmm. Arthur, do you remember the time, I won't mention the company because that wouldn't be proper, but remember the time you took me to a company, I believe it was an engineering company, and uh, you knew the gentleman there, you had done business with him years ago, and we talked about it and he said how, how the division that he was managing, they would spend several years making proposals and spending millions of dollars on those proposals. And when he came in, he, he threw them all away and came in with a different idea. And because uh, he knew that what they were doing wasn't producing. And then he was out, he was moved up to another job, a higher job. And the person that came in behind him threw out what he had and started and then went back to what he threw what he threw out when he was back in that position. You recall that time? Yeah, that was a former colleague of mine. It was a former colleague of yours. Yeah. Not, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like shocking, you know. Yeah. You know, I mean, literally ego. That was all ego. Absolutely. I mean, I think I think your colleague was on the right track. He was moving the he was moving it to the to a good place. And then the man that replaced him, I think it was a man. Uh, that replaced him, uh, his ego just, oh, no, he's going to do it his way. He threw it all out and started over. Uh, I think if you could get dysfunction out of the 
business world, I think productivity would sort of levels that people would never even dreamed of, literally didn't even dreamed of. See, when you think of science, you know, science is a place where, you know, you start out with a, with a hypothesis and prove it or disprove it. And basically, you got small teams of people that work at it and they, and they don't have ego getting in the way normally. I, I, I shouldn't say n- never, but obviously less. And, and it, look what they come up with. I mean, just look at what science can do today. Medical science, uh, the, uh, the physical science, just putting people into space and on the moon and the technology of our phones and all of that. See, that's done with people where ego isn't killing the, killing the deal. And, you know, it, but then when, it get, when we get out into the real world and try to make all these things work, then we got all this ego, you know. I'm getting my uh, eyes operated. I'm getting cataracts are putting. I have one eye done. I'm getting the other one done in a couple of days. You know, uh, how many times you have to give somebody your birthday? You have to tell everybody every day, two or three times your birthday, because they're so afraid that you know. Hey, I am me. You know, you, you can see who I am. You can look at my drivers. No, you got to just keep doing it. See, so what we do, we try to we try to overcompensate. For if there's one error made, you know, we try to overcompensate with all kind of silly rules. All that stuff slows up productivity. You know, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine for the COVID, uh, one in a million persons, I think, uh, was had blood clot problems, uh, and that's one in. A, I've heard one in a million. If that's accurate, why on earth would you stop something over one in a million? It's that's it's not sensible. Uh, to me, see, we don't have any. Th- this is what this is this this is what where dysfunction goes. Whenever you let it have its way, and today with political correctness, it gets its way. Everybody with a every fringe idea, with fringe ideas are always, they're always belief. Okay, every fringe idea today is is sacred, and we we try to bring it into our into our world and make it sacred. Like I said, what's your birthday? You know, you just asked me that ten minutes ago. The, the nurse just before you will, you asked me my birthday before you willed me into the operating room to work on me. And then I, you know, I didn't get off that, that gurney or whatever the hell it is and, uh, and go somewhere. And, and now you're going to ask me again before you put the IV in my arm. Why? Couldn't you ask me one time when I came in and you know where I've been, you know, but that, that's the kind of silliness. It, it, it may seem like no big deal, but it, to me, it is a big deal. To me, you don't need to kind of, that, that is what dysfunction does when you let it go. And today we have let it, it rules today. Everybody's dysfunction is sacred today. So it's gone beyond problematic. It's, it's ridiculous. Well, I it's think it's like what we have. Say with, what? The, with the asking the birthdays, you're right. It's like, they're asking that, I think, to make sure they didn't like mix you up somehow before. Exactly. And the, you know. I, I have to make sure you are who you say you are before yeah. I can put your AV in. Well, you just asked me a couple minutes ago. Yeah. What did you think I did? did like some, they somehow could have swapped you out, which means yeah. at some point it happened. You know, but what they're saying to every every uh, caretaker, health caretaker, is you have a responsibility to make sure that's who it is. Yeah. At all. I mean, so how many times would that mix up? One in a million? Yeah. You see, but it's, you know. Or even the fact that it did get mixed up at some point is like pretty embarrassing to like mix up patients like that. That's just real real people that people working on. Dysfunction, yeah, dysfunction just runs everything, you know. And right now, 
the, everyone's dysfunction is sacred. If you yeah. have an opinion, oh, it has to have its day. You know, we have to we have to respect that. I I don't I, you know I like to respect the truth, and not only like I you know I respect truth. Truth is fact. If it's not fact, I'm not going to respect it. Mine or yours. If I can't, if, when I I still have my own opinions that I work on every day. I don't worship them. I I, disguise, I despise them. And when I find them, I eliminate them. You know, and I can see when I can see when they're holding me back and my behavior causes me to do something I want to do. Uh, then I, I work to get rid of them. That's that's I, I'm on a different fl- a flight path than I used to be. It used to be before if I had an opinion, it would control me, and then I would defend it. Now, if I feel pressure of any kind, or if I feel that I'm not getting where I want to go. I look for that reason and that belief, find it and eliminate it. And uh, that's, that's how I live today over the way I used to live. And I, I'm making progress. It's yeah. actually working yeah. well for me. That's great. Well, great. I think uh, we're kind of running out of time here. We got to be wrapping this yeah, up. Yeah, we're going to wrap this up. Arthur, what do you think? Uh, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, Arthur's been here a long time. Uh, Arthur was the first one to see the value in this program. The only problem anyone ever has is what they believe. That's it. Whatever you believe, you make true in your life. If I look at your life, my life, anybody's life, I I can I spend an hour with you. I'll uncover enough of your belief system because I'm a salesperson and a communicator. I know how to do that. And I, I'm telling you, I say I'll write the epitaph for your tombstone because it's not going to change. You're going to you're going to go to your grave with those beliefs unless you do something to get rid of them. And I've never found any other orderly process to even understand them like I do, just to understand how to find them like I do. And most important is how to get rid of them. Nobody's ever had that. You know, oh, well, you know, um, time heals everything. Time doesn't heal anything. It just, it just buries it deeper. It doesn't heal a thing. Time doesn't heal a thing. You know, uh, discipline, you need discipline. You need to be somewhat disciplined, but you can't out-discipline a belief. It doesn't work. It, it will win in the end, whatever you, whatever you make true. So there is nothing else. It's, it's, there, and I've been living it now that for 20 years, and I'm steadily improving. Cool. Prior, prior to that, I just struggled like everybody else with with, with unknown, with information. It was just, uh, it was unknown. There was unknown pieces to it. It still wasn't right. Be cut and break out changes the paradigm. I'm done. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. If you would like to follow us anywhere on social media, you can find us at think more, react less on Instagram and on Facebook and on YouTube. We're working on some content that's going to be releasing on all those platforms soon. So I think you'll want to be following along. Thank you again for listening. If you would be interested in being a guest on the show, you can reach out to me at B O day at tmrlusa.com And we can talk about uh, maybe having you on. Thanks again for listening, everybody, and have a great day.